This is your host Shane with Radical Rocks. Today we have a very exciting episode. Our keynote is going to be on Creed, Colorado, uh, highlighting the lavender amethyst that can be there, can be found there. It makes wonderful cabochons. Also, the largest diamond for 2020 was just unearthed recently here in America at Craters of the Diamond State Park. We'll talk about that. There's an Egyptian gold discovery that we'll mention. There's also some uh, human interest story that we might talk about. There's also a crystal that looks like a giant chicken tinder. We might talk about uh, why kids love rocks. Also, mineral wealthy Minnesota. Some of the things that have been found there and some interesting things we'll talk about as time allows. Now, guys, I want to thank everybody that's been tuning in. Our audience has grown quite a bit. We've only been doing the podcast um, just barely right about six months. We already have over 2,500 downloads. We're being listened to in U.S., Canada, and Australia primarily, but also people in the United Kingdom, Ireland, Thailand, Switzerland, France, Portugal, and Iran. So we thank everybody listening in. We want uh, to let you know that if you want to connect with us more on other social media, most of our links can be found at our blog at radicalrocksusa.blogspot.com. And I will leave a uh, the address on the description of this podcast. And also, we are migrating over to MeWe. I will leave that in the podcast as well. Or you can join our Facebook groups or our YouTube videos. So all of these different avenues to help get you connected to all things rocks, gems, and minerals. So with that, guys, let's get right into it. Um, first thing I have here up on the agenda is this diamond that was dug up. Um, this was written July the 2nd, so this is really new in the uh, theepictimes.com. Um, it is written by Michael Wing, and it says here that this woman dug up the largest diamond at the diamond crater of the diamond state park and this is in arkansas we did a blog on that and we also did a podcast on that if you want to hear more about that area it's really neat but um she found this diamond it wasn't a whole carrot here um it was letting me read it but now it seems like it's cutting me out and um, they're wanting me to send an email here but it had mentioned that uh the diamond was a fraction of a carat and you know you can pay to dig diamonds up here so um, you can check out that article there probably will be some more articles on it and we'll go into it more details in the future now here is this human interest story I guess you could say this it says it's a rare crystal but then it talks about the value of it and it doesn't sound like it's really rare but it's what makes it rare is that it looks like a giant chicken tender um, you know how some rocks look like food or bacon or um, maybe a pie or something we've seen some pretty interesting snapshots that folks have uh, shared with us in the groups and that we found and tried to share with the groups but this particular rope was found a uh, rock was found in Indiana and uh, she gave it the name uh, Dirty Bird, I guess. She says it, it looks uh, it looks just like a chicken tender, and there's a picture of it here. You can go to happymag.tv, and um, the article was uh, written by Luca Simonetti, 
and I don't see a date here, but the picture of it, it has, uh, it looks like, like something that's been fried in the, in the oven and the inside of it actually looks like, wow, that, that could be some meat. It's pretty crazy. But this, once she posted this, it did go kind of viral. Um, and it went, it was on Reddick and some other areas. She actually owns a jewelry business in Bloomington called the Unbendable Energies. So sounds like kind of crystals and things like that. But uh, this thing looks really edible. It's just crazy. And what it is, is it's a calcium carbonic um, cluster, basically uh, like an oregonite. And um, they would have to just drip, or it could be oregonite, they said. They'd have to drip a little vinegar on there, and then they'd be able to know. But she just doesn't seem to want to go test it completely. I'm looking at it, and um, yeah, it it could be an oregonite but the crystals are pretty pretty pronounced as it would be more of a uh, a calcium carbonic i think um um so i think either one of them would dissolve in vinegar as a matter of fact but anyway it's pretty neat rock um she says that uh it's probably not valued at anything over $30 but uh she thinks Kentucky fried chicken would would pay a pretty penny for it so <laughs> whatever interesting news uh, next in the news, a little human interest story here um, on coppercountrynews.com, and this was put out June the 30th. This uh, gym and mineral club, uh, the, the Gila, or some people would say Gila, G-I-L-A, but I believe it's Gila Gym and Mineral Scholarship, and this is a gym and mineral society. They're a nonprofit. Um, they're located in in Miami, Arizona. They've been there for some 60 years and um, they have given this $500 award to a very deserving um, person, young person, and um, she's involved in community things. She does very good in her school uh, grades. She's athletic, um, all kinds of good things. Really nice human interest um, here and seeing some of the rock and gym groups being able to give back shows that there's a really strong um, presence there within the group. Now, there is a new gold uh, area that's been kind of described. There's been a lot of them, actually, around the world. I thought this one is was interesting and worth noting. The Egyptian Ministry of Petroleum and Mineral Resources announced a new commercial gold discovery in their eastern desert, and uh, they feel that there will be over a million ounces of gold here, and it'll be worth over a billion dollars, and this is something they will be able to um, extract within the next 10 years. So it'll be interesting to see what comes out of that if they do anything uh, in particular. Now, a question you might ask, um, or maybe you already know the answer, but why do kids love collecting rocks? Um, this article was written five days ago by Rhonda Bowen, and it's entitled, This is Why Kids Love Collecting Rocks. And I really thought it was interesting. It's at moms.com you want to check that out and it just talks about kids just naturally enjoy digging through the leaves and that not only do they collect rocks but they collect twigs leaves feathers i mean anything there is and they say you know it's just important to notice if the child is the child hoarding if they're hoarding hoarding that's not really healthy and they probably don't want to share it they don't feel comfortable sharing it 
But if they're collecting, they're going to be very happy to show it and talk about it. And it gives them something to do. It helps them to be able to connect with the world around them. Um, it builds a path. If they do get a passion for this, you know, you can set them up with uh, some of the things to collect, like a little box to put them in and label them and encourage them to, you know, do it um, like a professional kind of, but still keep it fun. But just labeling the rock, where they found it, when they found it, and then, you know, how you identified it. And uh, this can be really healthy for children. Children easily lose interest in things with today's digital society. It's so easy to just uh, flip, flip the channel or flip a new page or move on to the next post as opposed to really taking the time to listen to things. And uh, I found with my children they do very well and will spend hours and hours doing things with rock collecting and even lapidary, uh, polishing um geodes my kids love polishing geodes so kids it says here children who collect show pride in their collections they share them with others they talk about them so it's just very healthy i thought that was a really nice article now let's talk about some minerals um mineral wealthy minnesota offers a lot more than ore now minnesota um united states uh, was once very notable for um, iron production. Um, on the beginning of this article here that's on businessnorth.com, um, and it does not have an, uh, here it is, it's Connie or Coney LeMay. It was written on June the 29th. They show an interesting machine, looks like a space age machine with all these vacuums, and they're actually vacuuming up all this peat moss. So that's one thing they're they're getting. But I looked through the article and tried to look for things that would be interest to rock hounds. And um, there's a lot of minerals over there. I mean, um, you know, not just iron. There's platinum and silver and copper, um, all sorts of different things that have been pushed in there. And then I also noticed, um, and some of this is micro gold that you can find on uh, Lake Superior's northeast shore. Um, you can look there, and also diamonds. Um, these are industrial diamonds, but uh, kind of cool. Platinum uh, also found there. And uh, one of the reasons the area is very diverse is there used to be an ancient ocean there. Um, they say this was, you know, billions of years ago or whatever. And this basin covered the iron ranges of Minnesota all the way to the south uh, of the shore of Lake Superior to the northeast shore of Lake Superior and uh, the the iron formations. Now they said it formed like a bathtub scum around the old ocean where products of the periods, minerals and chemicals and biological interactions happened. So there's a lot of interesting things that they can find in there that uh, are actually worth mining. Um, pretty incredible. This is a quite lengthy article if you are around uh, Minnesota. Um, you might want to check this article out. You might want to look at uh, all the things that are found here. Gold, silver, platinum, palladium. Um, small amounts can generate big profits. So, you know, this might be something um, that would be fun to do on a recreational. I don't think you're going to be able to quit your day job or anything, but uh, there's probably areas around there that you could try to see if that is an area where it concentrated at. Um, so with that, let's get right to our keynote address so I can try to spend a little bit of time on that. That uh, keynote address on the Creed Colorado, um, the Amethyst, is is taken from the Rock and Gym uh, magazine at Rock, 
the letter N, gym.com. Um, you can go there, and this is just something that was put out by administration on June the 25th. And you have this beautiful picture of some quartz, and it has a yellow citrine, and it has beautiful lavender shades to it. So let me just wet my whistle here with some good old coffee. All right. So the article is credited to Steve Voynick, and it just talks about this area in Colorado. This was a huge boom town, uh, Creed, Colorado, and I hope I'm saying it right. It's C-R-E-E-D-E, and this was just a huge mining town that was discovered back in the late 1800s, and at that time, pretty much all the silver, really in the world, was coming from there and also Idaho. That's where the majority of it was. I know I was familiar with Calico in California and also the the uh, Virginia City and the Comstock load that was there. But uh, apparently the majority of silver, this article is saying, came from these areas and also in Idaho. So you can go to this town. Um, it is a high elevation. It's 8,850 feet and some of the high points up there go up to 14,000 feet, which are in the Rocky Mountains. So you will probably want to watch the weather and everything. But there's a lot of stuff going on up here that you can go see. Um, there was a volcano that exploded near the site of Creed. And um, it went through a series of um, geological activity, hydrothermal situations, rich in silver, lead, and zinc. Those uh, things surged upward. And uh, under pressure and heat and everything, these created these massive veins of chalcedony, banded agate, um, this quartz that is amethystized is the word they use. In other words, it's amethyst, native silver, sulfites, um, just all kinds of things. And then, of course, erosion would eventually expose these veins. Now, in the late 1800s, this, was, um, this outcrop was discovered with silver and the amethyst. And, of course, that kind of started the um, the mining. But this quartz is a very distinct and beautiful lavender color quartz. Like I said, you got to go to this article and check out the picture. There is all kinds of shafts and tunnels um, through rhyolite um, that they, they went through this rhyolite to reach this amethyst vein. Um, when you look at the pictures, you'll see that there's quite some... Uh, uh, it's almost cliffs, some of these hills and mountains and these rhyolite peaks and stuff. Pretty crazy. In the first year, the Creed's mines yielded some 380,000 troy ounces of silver from, just from the shallow ores. Um, pretty crazy. They said some ores were graded at 1,000 ounces per ton. That is a lot of silver in a ton of rock. So um, within two years, they had mined 4.8 million troy ounces and um, just amazing again it says that by uh, the 1800s you know this had become the silk the biggest silver mine um, was that mine and also in Idaho so Colorado and Idaho were the kings back in 1880s all the way uh, through to about uh, 18 eh, it just says the 1880s so through the 1880s for sure they were the kings all right. Um, 
Some other interesting things, uh, the amethyst vein, uh, the largest part of the mine was called the Commodore. So all over these veins, there was one main vein, and then there was these other veins around these areas. And uh, this was one of them at the south end of the amethyst vein. And they had over 200 miles of underground workings with levels as deep as 1,500 feet, and it yielded 16 million troy ounces of silver. Um, um, 1,700 ounces of lead and a little bit of zinc. So it was just amazing that within this uh, 20 years, it produced some 45 uh, troy ounces of silver per ton uh, with, with pretty much consistency. So they did shut down the mines uh, in about 1976, and um, most of them. There was a few others that went on till about 1985, and basically... It said the Creed's total production topped 60 million troy ounces, more than 2,000 uh, 2, tons of silver, and 9,000 tons of lead, and 4,000 tons of zinc. I mean, that is a lot. The zinc um, vein, the main amethyst vein, was three miles long. Um, just beautiful. Had all kinds of galena and mineral samples that were in there. And the good news is... Um, you either, we'll talk about it in a minute, but you might be able to get to pick through some of this material that's been brought to the surface. Um, but along with it was a white and bluish chalcedony, um, dark mineralized quartz, and of course this translucent um, amethyst quartz with traces of magnesium, which of course that's what causes this uh, pink, uh, blues, uh, violets, and lavenders. Not really blues so much, but more kind of a lavender uh, hue. Um, there's also intergrown crystals um, that are together, you know, ones that are, are together. Um, some are colorless, some are druzies. Um, so there's all kinds of things. There's uh, nice galena samples, native silver, things like this can be found around this area, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But some of the people uh, that live in that area were taking some of the ore and polishing it and it really it really does look pretty and some of it was so nice that it served as panels for Tiffany style lamps so um, this is some nice stuff now when you go there um, through the town it's got a real neat old town strip and the cliffs of Rhyolite they raised a thousand straight feet up on the end of Main Street. You can see them right there. It's quite a spectacle. There's pictures here in the article. And um, let's see, we can get to the museum. There's this museum. What they did was they paid the, a couple old timers there and they hewed out into um, the rhyolite and they made a huge underground museum called the Creed Underground Mining Museum. And they've had more than 20,000 visitors um, and you can go there and check that out. It's, it sounds pretty cool. They don't have any pictures of the inside of it, but I'm sure there's some can be found on the Internet if you're interested. Um, there's also a little driving tour that you can do. Um, you can get a passenger vehicle up there, or you can take tours as well. Um, the tours are a quarter of a mile long, and um, they welcome visitors. There's all sorts of different places there. There's uh, the Last Chance Mine, which is on the backside of the loop above West Willow Creek Canyon. And they welcome visitors, so you can go check that out as well. Um, let's see, what else? Um, oh, and Last Chance Mine is the one that has the mine dump. It's open to mineral collectors. Um, there's probably a fee for that, but you can go in there and um, 
get and dig through some of these uh, dumps. And also West Willow Creek Canyon, there's a timber walkway access to a mine dump filled with amethyst vein material ranging from sizes of tumbling pieces to cabinet-sized specimens and even larger ornamental blocks. Um, they've also yielded some one-inch amethyst crystals, multicolored, um, purple and and uh, like a tree, like a citrine. It's a mix of citrine and amethyst, like I told you about in the beginning. Uh, galena, blue-green copper minerals, things like that. You can bring, um, or you can you're provided with uh, rocks, buckets, water, and all this stuff. I'd bring my own. It says exploring the dump is free. Um, material may be removed for a, a charge of two dollars per pound. They also sell specimens. So. You know, this looks like a really cool trip, um, something that you would want to check out. The They have a show up there, uh, the Creed Rock and, and Mineral Show, scheduled for July the 31st to August the 2nd, and that is their 15th year consecutively um, doing it. And there's just so much information on here. Um, they tell you how to get there, what route to take, and uh, how to contact them for more information. Again, go to Rock the letter in gym.com and you can read about this even in more detail than what I've shared with you. So guys, I just want to uh, tell you again about the blog. It's radicalrocksusa.blogspot.com. I will put down the MeWe site, all the links, you can find them on our blog. So uh, remember, rockhounds don't die, they petrify.